Hello, and welcome to my first episode in an ongoing series looking at the releases from the American Genre Film Archive, or AGFA, as I will be calling them from here on out. AGFA is a nonprofit out of Austin, Texas, who specialize in collecting theatrical prints of lower budget, lesser seen, lesser known, genre specific films. This is the copy from the About AGFA section in the Zodiac Killer um, uh, booklet. The American Genre Film Archive, AGFA, is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Austin, Texas. AGFA exists to preserve the legacy of genre movies through collection, conservation, and distribution. Formed in 2009, AGFA focuses on outlaw exploitation movies that were produced from the 1960s through the 2000s. From manic exploitation epics to bloodthirsty shoestring gore blasts, each title in AGFA's collection is a celebration of culture that should never be forgotten. Housing over 6,035mm prints and trailers, our nonprofit archive counts among its board members and advisors Alamo Draft House founders Tim and Carrie League, filmmakers Paul Thomas Anderson, Anna Biller, and Nicholas Win Winding Refn, and musician Riza. To donate to AGFA or book these movies for a screening at your local theater, visit AmericanGenreFilm.com. And they, they go into a little bit more detail during the commentary track from The Zodiac Killer, which is their very first release, along with Something Weird video. From the back of the box, we have... Directed by Tom Hansen, who had previously owned a chain of Pizza Man restaurants, The Zodiac Killer was made to capture the real-life Zodiac Killer. The plan didn't work. Instead, we got the most outrageous and compelling tabloid horror vortex in the history of planet Earth and maybe beyond. During theatrical screenings, Hansen constructed in-theater traps to lure the killer from hiding. These included the use of an ice cream freezer filled with a rent-a-cops and a raffle with a motorcycle as a prize. You won't get insight like this by watching a David Fincher movie, but you will get it while watching The Zodiac Killer. Um, as mentioned, and you get a lot of good information out of this commentary track uh, that they had with the director, but the, the short, short version is Tom Hansen, who owned a Pizza Man restaurant, decided that he was going to throw his money into the ring to catch the Zodiac Killer. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Keel here. Tonight, we have more news on the Zodiac Killer. Hey, fellas, hold it down. I want to hear this. He writes another letter to the papers. And I quote, This is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over on Washington and Maple Street. They could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their squad cars. I'm sick, you say. I should be put away, but I'm still loose, aren't I? Now, if you were to watch this movie, which I absolutely, absolutely highly recommend that you do if you're into the the lower budget, uh, much lesser known uh, films like like I am, and I know a, a good amount of our community is, 
it's the kind of movie that you would watch and think, you know what, me and my buddies could get together and make a, a movie that is equally as good as this. And that is in no way to lessen how well made this picture is for, for the budget, for the performances. It's, it's very interesting. It's engaging. It makes you want to continue watching the whole time. And as, as I have um, uh, over and over again, uh, I've seen it a couple times, including once I wanted to check it out with a commentary. Um, there are several moments, unfortunately, where the director just cannot remember bits and pieces of the production. It was released in 1971. If you know uh, much about the uh, Zodiac killings, that was in the middle of the prime investigation. And what he wanted to do was make a movie that he thought he could use to lure the killer out of hiding to come and watch a movie about his life. As you may know, if you're a fan of serial killer lore and history, it's it's entirely likely that a killer would want to see their exploits uh, on the big screen. In fact, there is a letter from the killer saying that he wanted to see his exploits on the big screen. That letter was dated after this movie came out so one could assume that that he either did not see it or two it was not that good and it was just a big piece of fiction uh one would also think that if he did see it and it was not very accurate that he would uh write a letter uh, immediately to the police but again this movie i believe they mentioned in the commentary was screened twice three times maybe it was not uh widely screened again is made to catch the guy not to make money now one of the reasons that i decided to have a series going through the Agfa movies is I've I've watched them all. I wanted to write full blog posts about each of these films and and put them up on the site, but it's it's hard to write about a movie that may or may not be overly inspired, uh, an inspirational twist to its filmmaking. You know, you you want to write at length about some uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer films or Rossellini films because you can get insp inspiration from those movies and apply that to uh, your own film going experience and being able to talk about it and sometimes it's difficult when the movie when you have to spend so much time trying to sell a movie that is hard to sell because it's not that good it's difficult to really dig into the joy that people might actually get from watching it this movie is is very low budget it's very obvious that it is and you're not going to walk away from it knowing any more about the zodiac killer since it was made during the investigation they had to kind of stretch their imagination and take a little bit of dramatic license to kind of flesh out they tried their best to go off of the information that had been reported the information that was readily available they did the best that they could in an effort to catch this guy as the back suggests and history they failed and that's okay because you know what they tried they did more than other movies that came out that year uh, could even dream of about doing and that is at its heart what these movies that we love is is it is about we get these for entertainment this entertains also there's a history behind it that tries to inspire you as as a film lover to want to make films until you listen to the commentary and you find out the director tom hansett doesn't even like movies he just thought that this would be a great way for fame and fortune one would hope it is not a way to get more people to his pizza shop but Whatever works, I guess. You know, whatever marketing you could do, blitz marketing, uh, his name would be all over the papers if he was the guy that brought in the Zodiac Killer. Now, one thing that I wanted to do with this entire podcast, but especially this series, was to pair it up with something. I, I'm a fan of another podcast that always tries to pair up 
their films with something else that it would fall in line with the spirit of the picture, something that they think plays off of some aspect of it. And my very, very first thought was to, and don't laugh, pair it with The Passion of Joan of Arc by Carl Theodore Dreyer, only because Tom Hansen, the director of Zodiac Killer, used every ounce of information available to craft a story a drama about this historical figure, the Zodiac Killer, both for entertainment, but also for a purpose. And at the onset of Dreyer's magnificent Passion of Joan of Arc, it says that every moment of the film is taken from trial transcripts from the trial of Joan of Arc to create the drama. So it it seemed like a, a very illogical pairing that going from a 1970s exploitation crime film to one of the finest feats of silent filmmaking is a bit of a stretch and maybe a little too much for me. So what I chose to do was go with the absolute cheapest possible pairing that I could. David Fincher is the man who first gave me any interest in serial killers. I don't know what it is about boys, but at one point in time in in most of our lives, we have this desire to learn about serial killers for Oh man, I wish I knew why. I really do, because it's a weird thing to think and to to say out loud after the fact. But it is his film Seven. I can still remember the day that I saw it. I can still remember most of the tracks on the soundtrack. I can still hear the entire opening song. The movie permeated me on so many different levels. And so obviously the movie that I would pair is not Seven, but Zodiac. And uh, a smart man would have known from the get-go that the back of the Zodiac Killer box references the David Fincher film before they sit down to make a podcast, but I did not. Dear Editor, this is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. He wants his code in the afternoon edition. Ray Smith, don't you have a cartoon to finish? The Zodiac Killer has come to San Francisco. Another letter. School children make nice targets. He gave himself a name. Greek, Morse code, astrological signs. This guy's used them all. I like killing people because man is the most dangerous animal of all. How does one do that? I like puzzles. I do them a lot. Got any hard suspects? About uh, 90 an hour. I'm up to around 500. You got four crime scenes, not a single usable print. You can't think of this case in normal police terms. He's breaking the pattern. Lana said you were a cartoonist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are you doing at the gun range? I just want to help. What are you, some kind of boy scout? Eagle scout. Actually, first class. Oh, I've been thinking. Oh, God, say it was There's no evidence, Robert. What do you mean there's no evidence? You have him seen with the ciphers, the military boot prints, the bloody knife. All circumstantial. Why do you need to do this? Because nobody else will. Dave, you made a mistake! Get away from the window. Paul, are you okay? No. Why'd you do it? You put your face out there for him to see. Hello? Who is this? Zodiac was my job. It's not yours. He's still out there, Dave. Killing is his compulsion. It drives him. It's in his blood. Jeez. What? Squirrels. This is the Zodiac speaking. I have a gun. 
I can give you a lift to the service station. Do you always go around helping people in the night? I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Are you sure there's nobody else in the house? I had just the idea that the easiest, absolute easiest, and, and I can promise you this from here on forward, it's not going to be direct one-to-one relationships between the Agfa film and the film that I recommend with it. This is not really even a good double feature, uh, just because there's there's a, an overlap of information and there's a, a clear separation and quality of filmmaking experiences. But I, I can still remember also the first time I watched Zodiac and how it felt like an absolutely perfect film for something that kind of has a resolution. You walk away with uh, an understanding of who the most likely suspect is, even though there is reason to doubt that. It has some of the finest performances by actors that are in their prime now. This uh, 11-year-old film, and these are two of them are in Marvel films. Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm surprised, is not in a superhero movie. He might be forgetting about it. But these are actors in the prime of their lives now. This is one of those movies that could have put him on the map if it had a, a slightly wider original audience. But I think it's, as, as movies go, it's not the most engaging. It's slow. It is derivative, obviously, because it's a true story. But if you go in and you kind of look through some of the special features, you learn that Fincher and the producers on the film spent years in pre-production trying to do everything that they could to make the film as perfect a representation as possible including not even presenting the first known Zodiac killing uh, at Christmas time um, because there was not a surviving witness that could give them additional details of the actual slaying. So everything that they show, they had somebody that could corroborate something about it. And it, to me, that's a, a, it's the perfect instance of a biopic just because they don't try and exaggerate the facts of the story. Obviously, it's a little dramatization here and there, without any doubt. It might not have rained as much, uh, because since 90% of the movie feels like it's in rain. But aside from that, one has to accept that they did sufficient due diligence in the making of the film so that they can honestly tell you, as they do in these features, that it is as accurate as possible down to the clothing that was worn during the crimes. Uh, Since there's photographs of everything and evidence, they were able to take the photographs. This makes it super creepy for anybody that might have been involved at any point along the way in the slayings but it makes it uh, super hyper accurate for the viewer going into it now. It is uh, a spot-on representation of what happened from the best recollection of the people who were there. So, the, the, I mean, these films, aside from the notion of them being the same overarching story, pairing these two together, again, like I said earlier, it's cheap, and in, in some aspects, it's cheating um, because they're the same thing. However, that is, in my opinion, a, a, a very valuable commodity as a film fan 
to be able to look at two pieces of art of the same moment in time. One, trying to capture the absolute element of the moment in the moment with a provenance that is undeniable in modern history. I, I'm sure they, there's been stings like this put on by police or instances where they tried to use everyday life to lure something into their midst. But this was just a guy that tried his best and if you if you really look down at some of the details did have a fairly good job of catching who he thought uh, could be uh, uh, the Zodiac Killer or at the very least tell a story that is close enough but with just enough difference that the Zodiac Killer might want to communicate and could possibly get caught in, in, in the trap. Then you could put that next to a film that was meticulously researched both by uh, somebody uh, in San Francisco at the time the the that wrote the book on it. You take that and you put it with the producers and David Fincher who spent a, a good amount of time researching and making sure that they were as accurate as possible as almost to the point of a documentary, almost giving it that feel, you know, where they did the legwork and they tried to put together the most convincing portrait of the one person who had the most collected knowledge of the killings. So you have that, that, that initial early movie that does its best to capture it, putting it right next to a film that has years and decades to simmer, to really caramelize into the best film you have. And you rarely get that. You rarely get something that is accurate to a moment in time made on, on, on no budget versus one that is made on a, a large budget that really do have a lot in common. They, they share some eerily similar footage. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the attack at the lake. It's difficult to really say which one is better. Um, both are grisly, but I'm sure the obviously the David Fincher's uh, version is probably more accurate since it interviewed the surviving witness and they probably were able to put together the most accurate as possible. However, I, I think just looking at it, it's the David Fincher's vision of it is very put together, whereas the uh, Zodiac Killer version makes it actually feel like a blitz attack. Now that I'm really sitting down and, 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 and putting my thoughts together on this, that's why I wanted to put these two together at, at the end of it. It's not because it's easy, but it's because there's a moment where you don't get this very often, and it's worth Worth looking at two opposing visions of the same thing. Okay, these two films, uh, I would recommend both of them, obviously, or else I wouldn't talk about either of them. Uh, David Fincher's, this feels like a, a very thorough edition. I would say that the production quality on the packaging in and of itself is really, really neat. It's really interesting. Special features wise, disc one includes a commentary by director David Fincher, as well as a second commentary by Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., Brad Fisher. James Vanderbilt and James Elroy. Uh, disc 2 has an exhaustive, it's called uh, Zodiac Deciphered, an exhaustive behind the scenes documentary on the making of the film in uh, high definition. Pre visualization, split screen comparisons between animatics and the finished film for the three murder sequences. We have This is the Zodiac Speaking, a feature-length documentary uh, produced and directed by David Pryor, covering every aspect of the investigation, including interviews with the original investigators and surviving victims. And his name was Arthur Lee Allen. The truth about the prime suspect in the Zodiac case from the people who knew him and the police who investigated him. It, it's, I would say it's, it's worth having around. Uh, the Agfa Zodiac Killer 
obviously I want you to buy right now because if you don't, then that reduces the chances of me getting new releases in the future. Uh, this, as of right now, is going to be a eight-part series, nine-part series, hopefully an unending part because I truly appreciate what, what these folks are doing uh, out of Austin to preserve film history and give us the opportunity to look at some of these movies that you'd never heard of beforehand. I could tell you right now, looking over the shelf that I have of them right now, I, I if it wasn't for these releases, I would not have any knowledge of them. And I think that is criminal in some instances, but uh, it's a joy in others. So uh, I would like to thank you very much for tuning in to this very first episode of this new series. Um, I haven't really decided how episode numbering is going to work, but I, I wanted to kick it off with something that I truly, truly appreciate, and I hope that you can too. Again, thank you very, very much for joining me.